This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello and welcome to the movie podcast review of The Unholy. My name is Daniel and joining me today to talk about this film is Shabazz. Hey guys. And Anthony. Hello everyone. How are you guys doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty holy. Oh, okay. On this holy week. Anthony, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty unholy. Oh, okay. (laughs) I am like an angel and you're more like the devil. So we'd be on Daniel's shoulders. I got you guys on my shoulders right now. I'm glad that we're on this journey together. Of course, this is the movie podcast. Every single week we come together and release new episodes on Monday. And throughout the week, we have our review episodes. If you want to follow the show, head over to at the movie podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, You could write into the show. You could follow us. You could see all the great things that we're making and the videos that we're making. But also... We're on a mission right now to hit 200 uh, ratings on Apple Podcasts. So if you like the show, you like what you're doing, you like what you're hearing from us, uh, make sure you tell us and uh, drop that five stars because it really helps the show grow. And, you know, we really want to hit that milestone by September. But today is all about The Unholy. This is a film uh, directed by Evan Spilopolopolis. and I apologize if I butchered the pronunciation of this. I'm going to give it one more shot. Evan Spilopolopoulos. How does that sound? I think that sounded just like his mother said it to him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's a difficult name to pronounce. So I apologize if I, if I butchered that. Uh, this is book. Uh, this, sorry. This is based on the book The Shrine, uh, which is by Sam um, Hebert and stars Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And it's coming out on April 2nd. So on Good Friday of all days. Anthony, kick us off and let us know what the unholy is all about. On the holiest weekend of the year comes Unholy, which follows Alice, a young hearing impaired girl who, after supposed visitation from the Virgin Mary, is inexplicably able to hear, speak, and hear, heal the sick. As word spreads and people from near and far flock to witness her miracles, a disgraced journalist, played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, hoping to revive his career, visits the small New England town to investigate. When t- when terrifying events begin to happen all around, he starts to question if these phenomena are the works of the Virgin Mary or something more sinister. Now, of course, this film is also produced by Sam Raimi, who is a horror film legend, also the director, of course, of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films. Shay, kick us off with your first reactions of The Unholy. Yeah, for sure. So when I when I first saw this trailer, I was I was very intrigued by the first half because it seemed like it was pointing in the direction of something that had a uh, 
like a very psychological horror uh, kind of mindset and, and the story that was going to play out. And then the second half of the trailer introduces this monster character. And that's kind of when I lost it. And then my brother pointed out to me that, oh, this movie is PG-13. And that's when I knew I'm like, oh, I know exactly what I'm kind of getting in for. And I think once this movie kind of wrapped up and, and, and it occurred, I was like, this is a movie that's straight out of like 2005 to 2008. All those movies that were coming out at that time, like When a Stranger Calls and uh, One Missed Call and all those other horror movies that were coming out at that time, they all had these like jump scare moments and these creepy uh, like – contortionist monsters that would do like these zombie yeah, like walks. The sped up crawling, that kind right? of stuff like yeah. that. Right? And like and, and Very always, popular. And yeah, and, and the and these monsters were always so uninspired. They always just had a burnt face and like a mask or just like they would do creepy things. So the whole time I'm watching this movie, that's all I saw and that's all I felt. I think Daniel, you and I maybe jumped at one jump scare and it was also such a mild like oh, oh. But yeah, it, it, for me, my 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 reactions were were, were disappointing to say the least. I th- I think Shay, you brought up some great points there, and I, I want to kick it to Anthony for his reactions. But I did want to comment on what you said about um, the rating for this film. I think PG thirteen again, you could get a, away with a lot in PG thirteen. I think about that. Um, what's the produce uh, the film that came out a couple of years ago from Guillermo del Toro, um, the scary stories? Scary stories tell in the dark. Yeah, like that has some genuinely scary moments in it, and that's PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. No, you can get um, away with a lot, you know. And I think with this film, I, I, you know, we saw the trailer. I liked, I really liked Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and I liked the premise of it. I'm like, you know, like this is scary, you know, like being raised uh, in, like Catholic, you see the stuff, you're like, oh, it's scary to see the stuff associated with that. And those were always the scariest horror movies for me. Were the ones that kind of tied religion into it because it felt so like sinister and real. Um, and I think the monster that's introduced in this film, um, it's, it's just, it's, it's something you don't need. Um, Anthony, how about you? Where are you at with the unholy? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest with, uh, with our audience. This was, uh, an, an unholy piece of trash. That's, that's what I'm going to give it. Um, cheap, cheap scares, cheap production value. This movie looked like it came from a different era it's just it wasn't what i expected it to be and i knew from the trailer and i knew from just the the premise i'm like this is going to be a cheap horror film and that's what this this movie is it it doesn't give you the and and i feel bad because horror films are really hard to make these days and a lot of the times the horror films that work right now are the psychological horrors uh, the hereditary or um you know the uh, what's the other midsummer. one? Midsummer, or- midsummer, the lighthouse. It's a two four. You know, a two four is elevated. I think what horror could be in this uh, in this decade, right? Yeah, even Saint Maud. And this movie, it tried to get that a two four vibe, but it did not pull it off. And it just the whole premise of it, it just it was so blah. And it wasn't even scary. It wasn't even. It didn't even frighten me. And those sequences where the they had the jump scares. They were just jump scares. They just they did it because they knew that this movie had nothing going for it. So the only way we could scare our audience is to create this jump scare, which I think I find right now for you know regarding the you know new horror films that's a cheap scare, and I just I just did not like this film. 
I think, you know, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, Anthony. I think, you know, we're all kind of in the same spot with this movie where um, I think the setup and the premise is great. I also think this film is beautifully shot. Um, like, it is a really good looking movie. Um, and then the introduction of that creature or that kind of it just it just feels like they took the the villain or the the antagonist out of a film like Shay said from the early 2000s and they dropped it in here and even like the effects on like when you kind of see it on the computer screen and mm-hmm. uh, anytime they're on screen you hear like the like the uh, like thing to scare you it just feels like it's relying too much on cheap um jump scares rather than telling a really engaging story um but something i will say um Jeffrey Dean Morgan um, is great in this movie. I mean, like he he's a great actor, and I think he sells what he's going through, which like the experience that he's living through. Um, I just wish that he had more to work with. Also, um, the actress who saw Mary Cricket Brown, um, she does a really good job of like convincing us that you know she saw this figure, and I and I thought they were probably the best parts of this movie. I just wish that everything else surrounding it um, really paid off because I think you know. When I when I was watching and I was talking to Shay about this, you know, um, this isn't on video, but like Shay's like Shay did this. He's like, don't scare like he's like, scare me here. And he's like pointing his head, like, scare me in my head. Like that's the mm-hmm. scariest that's the ticket to being scared of something in a movie by not showing it. And I think this film too early relies on these jump scares. So every time you see this creature, you're not scared of it anymore because you've seen it. If there was a better build up to it, then I think it would have worked better. If we built up to seeing it and it's and it's in a, in a confrontation towards the end and just give little glimpses, I think that would have worked more than, you know, showing it, especially showing it during the daylight, which we see a lot in this movie. You know, you take away any type of fear out of us because that that anticipation that builds up when you're watching something, you're like, oh, my God, what's it going to look like? It's not there because, you yeah. know, yeah. and I think that's the that's the biggest downfall of this. There's uh, the, the opening sequence in this film starts off pretty much what seems like a Salem witch trial kind of moment. Um, and it's from the first person perspective of this Mary character that we're seeing. And I was like, oh, wow, this is this seems pretty cool so far. Like they're they're really developing this. And then the film takes all these silly turns, really bad CG, awful character design. And generally I I didn't care about what was happening to any of the characters. And and I think in a horror movie, you know, I'm not one that used to watch a lot of horror movies, and I still don't watch horror movies. Um, Again, I'll I'll watch the Hereditaries, I'll watch the Midsummers because I genuinely feel dread after watching them. Those are the movies that I that when I go home at night, you know, I have trouble sleeping. To this is a film that I think if you're in that PG thirteen camp, as in you are actually that young, um, and you wanted to. I know this is kind of sound ironic, but you wanted to go see a movie with your friends at the theater and you're like, oh my God, we're going to go watch a horror movie. Yeah, definitely. This is, this is that film. Yeah. Um, but I can't see people who genuinely like horror movies getting any kind of thrill or scare out of this. Yeah. Especially it's PG 13. It's, it's hard to get a, a, a scare out of this, this film. There are um, movies that do a good job. Like I look at the garage, yeah. I look at insidious, like those are PG 13 films. And yes, they had jump scares a lot, but good character designs and, and just well-timed tension. This film never had tension. It was just always, 
you the music would cut out, so you're like, okay, three, two, blah, one. There yeah, you go. Right. It's uh, it was immediate. It was immediate. There was never there was a, never any sus- uh, suspense that was built up. That anticipation uh, that anticipation is never really built up because I think there's like again I think we could the three of us agree that there is an interesting premise here. You know, like the fact like that this person and the way they tied in like, yeah, like, oh, and this happened where all these people saw uh, Mary and then they died this amount of time afterwards. There's setup there. There's world building there. There's good parts there, except I think just the biggest flaw is the creature itself. And I just wish that um, I wish that this movie was better because um, from that first trailer, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. But again, as soon as you see that monster, you're just like, oh. Now it's just now it's just like a, a monster movie. I think if if the monster possessed, um, uh, what's her name? What's the character's name in here? Uh, da, 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 was it Alice? Alice? If she actually possessed Alice, and that was the actual, this is you in, being introduced to this creature rather than actually physically seeing this weird monster that shows up. I think it would have been a lot scarier and a lot more sinister. Because you have this innocent young kid now being possessed by a demon who is working for the wrong guy. Um, That would have been a better villain or better horror element to this movie. Where now you see Alice manipulating the the town folk. Um, And a lot of these religious movies, you got to include Latin in it. Especially, <laughs> no, that I'm telling you, you introduced I, Latin. I'm with you. They had Portuguese, though. <laughs> they had Portuguese in this one, right, Daniel? Did they? I think they had some Portuguese in this. Yeah, because Daniel looked at me and his head started to spin. And that's how I knew. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's being possessed now. That's great. And I, I was a little upset because it was uh, like- <laughs> I wanted some water and I asked Daniel and he just he spun his head instead. <laughs> they they would have these symbolisms of religious symbolism symbolisms of like you know the Virgin Mary eyes bleeding. I'm like, oh, this is great. Let's get some of that into like the actual like let's bring these religious mm-hmm. phenomenons into the real world where actually it's happening to Alice yes. in this case. And it just and that's that's where it frightens me because that shit can be real, you know, stigmatas you know? and all that stuff. That's where you get me. But now when you include this CG monster. It and loses it, you. It loses right? you. And I'm like, man, this feels so outdated. This is not what horror films should be in 2021. Right. And I think and I think that's the the our our end kind of thought here is that I think if this movie even came out 10 or 15 years ago, I think we would have been a, maybe more impressed with it because it would have felt more like a film of the time where now it feels like a movie out of time. Mm right now of course here at the movie podcast we do not assign letter grades we do not assign numbers but we do like to give you our final recommendation shay start us off with your recommendation for the unholy yeah i think it's uh, it's gonna be a simple skip it for me um it's not scary it's not anything you've seen before um and it it won't be talked about in about a week i think i think that's that's the remnant of this film Anthony, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm going to also say skip it. There are plenty of films out there right now that are a lot better when it comes to the horror genre. Um, we just recently watched St. Maud, which dives into a lot of a lot of the horror, religious horror, psychological, uh, mental illness. So I encourage you to watch that rather than The Unholy. 
Sounds good. Yeah, I would definitely uh, second you there with Saint Maud being a a better uh, a horror slash psychological thriller that deals with uh, you know Christianity things like that. Shay, you had your. Uh, no, I was just going to say, I, I, I also, oh, gotcha. I, I third that if you, you want to see, that. if you want to see, and even though I didn't love St. Maude, um, I would watch it every day for a year over watching this film. Okay. That's a little extreme. That's like, uh, but yeah, for so me, it's like it then. <laughs> no, if, if you said, go watch the unholy, I'd say no. And I'd watch St. Maude. All right, we're off the rails here. I was going to say sit, skip it as well. Uh, if you are listen, if you are interested in checking out the Unholy, though, it does come out on April second. Uh, only in theaters, only in theaters. So it does come out on Good Friday. So be careful who you pray to. Uh, we want to say thank you to our friends at Sony Pictures Canada for sending us this film to review. And of course, this is the movie podcast. Every single week, we come together to talk about movies. Uh, Mondays, we have our brand new episodes of the movie podcast. We have one out for this week, which you could definitely listen to now. We also have our reviews up for Godzilla versus Kong, uh, Captain America. And the, sorry, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, review and recap will be up on Friday. Um, so th- we're going to be off next week on Monday's episode. We'll still have some reviews coming out. So don't you worry. Thank you so much for listening. That was this time with the movie podcast. And we'll see you next.